The Bearcat Basketball Podcast is now presented by the Healthcare Management Group. Shout out to everyone at HCMG, and thank you for the support. Welcome back to another episode of the Bearcat Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Meacham, former UC basketball player from 1997 to 1999 under the legendary coach Bob Huggins, and I was fortunate enough to wear the iconic Jordan brand unis during my time. Now, you can find me on social media. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Alex underscore Meacham. Meacham is spelled M-E-A-C-H-A-M. I'm also on Facebook and LinkedIn, Alex Meacham. I'm on Snapchat, Big Meach 41 and I'm also on TikTok, at Alex Meacham 41 Now, today is the start of season three of the Bearcat Basketball Podcast. And I'm, I'm so excited because being that it's season three, we have so much in store. We've got some great new things that uh, we're going to do for the podcast I'm going to talk about here uh, in a little bit. But here's what you're going to hear on this episode. We're going to talk about we did live podcast at Mio's during the regular season for Bearcat basketball. It was a tremendous experience for me. I'm going to talk a little bit about how it came about and uh, some of the great moments at Mio's. I'm also going to talk about the future of the podcast for episode three. I'm sorry, for season three, episode one and beyond. And also, a new feature that I want to start adding to the podcast, I want to start talking about Bearcat recruiting. So today, we have Neil Meyer from the Front Office News coming on the podcast to talk a little bit about Bearcat recruiting. This segment is sponsored by the College of Arts and Sciences at the University of Cincinnati. They have a new flexible bachelor's degree that will allow you to graduate conveniently and affordably, and you won't lose any credit or have to start over. So I'd like to bring in my producer, my guy. They call him Coach Stu, but he's officially Stu Holt, the Honorable Stu Holt. What's going on, Stu? Very good, very good. How are you doing, Meach? I'm doing well, man. We saw each other in Louisville this past weekend. We did. We did. And what's crazy about this is, um, and I know you noticed this, but we've been here in Cincinnati, and the weather has just been up and down, inconsistent, terrible. We go all the way to Louisville, and we're in the gym, like, all day. Mm -hmm. All day, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And it's absolutely beautiful outside. It's amazing. It's amazing. But of course, we're all we're indoors the whole time. <laughs> Indoor the whole time. You know, uh. just 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 watching hoop. And, and and it's amazing. So we were at the grassroots showcase put mm -hmm. on by Ohio Basketball, and there are over sixty basketball courts laid down at the Expo Center in yeah. Louisville. It's, it's an amazing experience. It's, it's amazing. And I think about, like, you know, referees on every court. You have people doing the clock. Like, that's a lot of people involved. It's crazy. It is. And a lot of people that know I'm in the AU world mm -hmm. and, you know, they have the Shining Star teams and I go to these tournaments, I don't think they fully understand what goes on at these tournaments. So I took a video mm. of all 60 courts going on at once. I stood on a chair. I went kind of the back of the expo center, mm -hmm. and I sent a video to several people, and they're like, wait, what? That is the most amazing thing I've ever seen. Yeah. 
And Mikey Williams. He was there. Yes. He was there. And then the court he was on was packed. Right. If you Every walked game. in to the entire place, you would be able to find what court he was on. No question. No Everybody question. was there. Uh, and, and I'm going to talk a little bit more about that because there's a Bearcat, a former Bearcat that was kind of involved in, in that. I'm going to dive into that a little bit later in the podcast. But, mm-hmm. but Stu, what I want to talk about is something you were involved with, and that was the podcast at Mio's. Mm. Uh, during the regular season of the Bearcat uh, basketball uh, games, before games, we were there two hours mm-hmm. prior to. And uh, we always had a former player uh, come in. And I, I thought it was a great experience, not only for us, but also for the, you know, folks that came out to Mio's. No doubt. It was, it was definitely a cool experience, man, you know, just seeing the fans in person. Um, and then, like you said, having a former player on every single time and just the energy of the people, you know what I mean, is, is second to none. So it was great. And, and shout out to Kelly and yes. Rich, donors. Uh, you know, it was their idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rich had reached out to me. I uh, didn't know Rich prior. Um, and he reached out and, you know, hey, I had this idea. He had this dream, you know, kind of to do this. And I think it was a, a fantastic idea. Yeah. And um, I was all for it. And uh, it, it happened. And, and, and looking back, you know, some of the highlights, you know, of the podcast. First of all, I want to tell you this. I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure what it was going to be like because I was like, will anybody show up? Right. You know, I was always worried that I would have a former player there and mm-hmm. there wouldn't be many people there. But every episode I mean, it was a packed house. It was. Shout out to the Bearcat fans. Yeah. I mean, it, it, was, it was, like I said, man, it was really amazing. You know, just seeing everybody there. It's like every episode just kept getting better and better and better. And it did. It was, it was a lot of fun for sure. And I want to thank all the Bearcat fans that, that came out every single time we did the podcast. Mm-hmm. Once again, shout out to Kelly and Rich. And also a big shout out to all the former players that took time out of their, their schedule with work, uh, family. Uh, we had a great group of former players, not mm-hmm. only that are here locally, but also some that drove or flew in town mm. to be part of this podcast. It got to the point, what happened, Stu, was we were getting you know former players on, and I had other former players from around the country who were reaching out, and they were like, I'm flying in. You got to get me on. Mm. And I'm like, oh, absolutely. I mean, they yeah. just they just loved, you know, I'd post things on Instagram with the videos and, mm-hmm. and, you know, they would listen to the podcast and absolutely loved them. You know, we had our first guest, which I thought was a great start to it, was uh, Keith Greger. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had Deontay Vaughn. Uh, former uh, walk-on Zach Taylor, uh, Zach Tobler, Zach Taylor. Zach Taylor. <laughs> I'm thinking about the Pickles. Uh, Zach Tobler. Draft. Former coach, the Zach dr- Taylor. <laughs> yeah, former Bearcat coach, Zach yeah. Taylor. And the, the draft is coming up Thursday. Yeah. I'm thinking about the draft. Mm-hmm. Uh, Corey Blunt. Um, uh, Corey Blunt has, by the way, he, he, he is an absolute gold mine mm-hmm. uh, for the Bearcat basketball program. I don't, I don't think we put him on a big enough pedestal enough um, uh, just how accomplished and how important Corey Blunt is to the Bearcat basketball program. So it was great to have him, you know, on the podcast and kind of tell, tell some great stories between Michael Jordan, Kobe, Mm -hmm. Shaq. I mean, just, he's been around all the the players I looked up to and Mm -hmm. the greats. Exactly. Uh, One that I thought, People didn't believe I was going to get this guy out there, and that was Art Long. Mm. 
And um, ironically, the interview that we did with Art Long, Mio's is the exact location of where the horse punching incident went down. So it was funny because when Art walked in, he was like, "You, you know what? happened right out there <laughs> so i was like oh man that's wild but he was a great sport man the fans were just they, they didn't believe he was going to show up i mean right. there's no one has really seen art right in a long time um big wow. shout out to donald little he mm. flew in from atlanta uh, i think he drove to the airport around 4 a.m uh that day and, and came on in and he was awesome yancey gates was great and um, I really love Yancey Gates because he's always been a really private person. And, um, you know, he's really fun to listen to. Great, great stories. Talked about the incident with uh, Kenny Freeze um, during the Crosstown shootout. Andre Tate, one of our greats, a guy that I looked up to as a Bearcat. Uh, Big time fan fra- favorite, uh, Tony Bobbitt, mm. flew in from Idaho. Mm. Yes, he lives in Idaho. Uh, he was fantastic. He's probably one of the most entertaining guys that we've ever had yeah just his energy yeah you know huge huge crowd for for him mm-hmm. um ad jackson uh he, he's always ag's just a, always the same dude from day one just really really good dude uh james white uh, he flew in from texas mm. big big draw there was a guy who drove in from i believe i, I want to say he was from like northern ohio maybe near cleveland can't remember exactly the area and he drove all the way down just to see james white wow at the interview because he saw on social media that that he would be there mm-hmm. and he came and he had a picture on his phone his screensaver on his phone was james white mm-hmm. and the crazy thing is um this so this fan's telling me this before james had arrived for the podcast so james gets there and i'm like hey there's this guy and he drove all the way. He's a big fan. He's got your, you know, picture on his phone. So the fan showed James White the picture, and James goes, "I've never seen that picture in my life." Mm. Like he's like, "I've never seen that picture of me." He's like, "Where did you get that from?" And it was just, a, it was a really cool moment. I think that yeah. fan was really like, "Yeah, I got right. a picture you don't have." So right. uh, Roger McClendon wow. also came in, who's just one of the uh, not only great players in Bearcat history, but one of the great people, great fathers, uh, super accomplished uh, businessman who lives in Louisville currently. Um, We also did a a fan appreciation podcast, which I was wanting to do earlier in the season, but with so many of the former players hitting me up, just like every week there was a new guy that wanted to come in. It was kind of hard to find a a place, but I think there was a makeup game um, I don't I don't know if it was uh, COVID related. One of the games was was canceled and moved, or if it was weather. Can't remember. But we decided to do the fan appreciation podcast, and I thought that went over very well and had a lot of good uh, good people come out for that. A lot of a lot of great Bearcat fans with great stories. Um, so uh, Kashmir Wright uh, also uh, was on the podcast. He was uh, he was great. Kashmir, one of the great great guards. Um, and, you know, we ended up not doing this particular podcast at Mio's because he couldn't get here in time. So we did it later at another location. That was Armin Kirkland. He had come in from Texas, um, and he was awesome. <clears throat> he was great. So yeah. a lot of, lot of – Amazing. Yeah. 
Very good. And just think, um, Stu, next year or yes. next season, I should say, mm -hmm. uh, we've got more in store. More, more good. And, but you know what the, the, the coolest thing, one of the coolest things for me was something like that, like, a, you know, bringing people together. You know what I mean? Like the, yeah. the people that came to Mio's, the guests that came, the people that came. Like you said, the guy drove all the way down to see, um, who was it? James um, White. James White, because he had that picture. Yeah. Right? How special is that for him to be able to show, you know, him Absolutely. that picture? What other way would that have happened? Uh, no question. No you know? question. And so just being able to connect people, right, and bring people together, it's amazing in itself. I think it's a great point because if you look at Wes Miller being a new coach, um, he's trying to engage a lot of former players, and mm -hmm. he's trying to get these guys here and find ways to get them here. And, you know, I think Wes Miller and his staff really enjoyed – you know, the fact that we're doing this podcast, that means former players are coming in and a lot of them are going to the game. They're getting recognized at the game. Mm -hmm. Fans get to engage with these people. And, you know, some of these guys wouldn't have come in town yep. otherwise. Yep. Um, and so it was great. And then, you know, next year we, we've got a, you know, already a list of guys that want to do the podcast and come in and experience, you know, a game. So uh, next season it's going to be, you know, even bigger and better. Yeah. Um, one thing I would like to see is, you know, our, our audio numbers uh, for the podcast are good. Um, I'd like to see our YouTube numbers mm -hmm. increase. And mm -hmm. I think there were a lot of people that didn't know, like the Mio's thing. We, we, we recorded all those and, and put them on YouTube so mm -hmm. you can, you know, see the guys. I thought it was important you know, that you saw these former players. So those are all up on, on YouTube, on our YouTube channel, uh, Shine One Media. So uh, make sure you check that out. And what I think what we're going to try to do uh, next year, Stu, is, um, you know, maybe have it to where it's live on YouTube, mm. you know, for those that may be in a different state, right. you know, because we had quite a few Bearcat fans that don't live in Cincinnati that couldn't make it down mm -hmm. that would have been like, you know, it's cool if I could watch it live before the, you know, before the game. Before the game, yeah. And be part of my pregame experience. Mm. And so, and that was the cool thing about the Mios thing. It was, it, it became part of many people's pregame experience. Yeah. It just, you know, it was like, okay, I'm bringing my kids, mm -hmm. you know, I'm, I'm bringing my girlfriend, my wife, my friends, we're gonna go get some pizza. We're going to listen to, you know, former Bearcat player, see him, and then go to the game. And um, I really I really enjoyed that. I'm, I'm glad to be a part of, you know, yeah. you know, people's experience. And thank you and, oh, and yeah. Cruzy for, you know, you were busy, coach at Walnut Hills High School. Yeah. Congratulations on the run you guys had this year. Tell, tell the listeners. Yeah, we, we, made it, we made a good run. We made it to the district final. Um, tough game there, but – you know, they, we had a really good team. We wanted, they had a 20-game winning streak at one point, um, which is the second longest winning streak in Walnut history. Wow. And the first being the class of 2013, which is my senior year. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I like how you Yeah, We went on a 23-game winning streak. So, okay. um, But, yeah, they, they did their thing. I was very proud of them. They deserved it. Um, they worked their butts off. So, um, yeah, really, really good season. Really good season. And on that team for this season mm -hmm. is one of the best players, yes. not only in the greater Cincinnati area, mm -hmm. but after this past weekend, yes. we can say he's one of the best players in the country. Yes. And that is? 
Tyler McKinley, sophomore. And he he's man, the 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 best thing about him. Yeah, talk so wait a minute. Talk about him because the Bearcats are hot and heavy after mm-hmm. Tyler. Like the yes. Bearcats were just there's a picture on Twitter where the, I think Bearcats were there yesterday. The staff, Wes yes, Miller yes. was there. So so yep. tell tell Bearcat fans about Tyler and what not only what he can do now, but potentially what you could think if he became a Bearcat, what he would bring to the Bearcat basketball team. Well, Tyler is like his his versatility is amazing. You know, his his talent and his skill, right? You can see that when you when you watch him play, right? And for his size, he's six nine, right? He's six nine, but he can bring the ball up on the fast break. And not only can he bring it up, he brings it up efficiently and makes the right play. Right. So he's always looking to make the right play. Right. Extremely unselfish. He's team first. He's extremely humble. And it's like for a player that just got named top 50 in the country. You know what I mean? You would think a lot of times guys get their ego starts, you know, going up and they start getting prideful. He's the same. Right. That's just who he is. Right. And so and I was talking to him one day and he was just like, I'm just doing whatever it takes to win, whatever it takes. If I got to sit here and hand somebody some water, some water, or, you know, but he's like, I will do whatever it takes to win the game you as long as we that. win. And so for a player like that of that caliber, uh, he can hit the three, he can hit the mid-range, mid-way, uh, mid-range fadeaways, um, I mean, dunking at the rim, Euro steps, and he's a sophomore and he's 6'9". So one thing I want to add to that is mm-hmm. – there are guys 6'9 out there that are doing some of those things, but I think the difference with Tyler is he's a strong 6'9. Like, he is built. Yeah. He's not, he's not a long, skinny Kevin Durant right. and type he's, player. And he's still building into his frame. Yeah. You know what I mean? So he's only going to get stronger, right? He's only going to get more explosive. Like, his, his potential, like, it's just no ceiling for him. You know, and that's the, that's the best thing about him and his work ethic Right, it's just amazing, right? The the coaches, right? You said the the Bearcat coaches were there for his the Breakfast Club type workouts that he does, which is before school, early in the morning, right? So that just goes to show you his dedication and his uh his work ethic. And you you really sold me on Tyler. Mm-hmm. I'd watched him several times in the past, and and I asked you because you're you know you're kind of there every day in the trenches. You see him, you've watched him grow. And um, I watched him play in AU. I've known Tyler for a long time. Obviously, his brother Alex, um, who is very influential in his life mm-hmm. and really a great – Alex is a great person. I think for sure. um, you can say Tyler carries himself the way he does in a lot of ways because of Alex's mentorship. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Um, but you really sold, him, sold me on him. Like, look, he, he, you know, here's what he can do. Here's what he needs to work on. And you told me, like, he's going to be really good. Mm-hmm. And that, that made me start watching him more. And I started to see him develop and develop and get, get better. And even after watching him, you know, this high school season, I think it was – I don't know if it was a Fairfield game. One of the games I watched him and I said, he's going to be a pro. Yeah. Like, like he, he will be a pro. Yeah. And and the thing is, like, there was – I got to find it real quick. But so he 
I mean, it might be going, but the, the, what he had this year, I mean, like player of the year at a conference, player of the year in the district, yeah. all these different things. And it's like, man, he's a sophomore. Like, Crazy. You know, th- these are these awards that he's getting, it's not just for his class. Like, it's the it's everybody. Everybody. So seniors it, included. Seniors included. Yeah. You know, so as an underclassman, for him to achieve the things he's already has, and like I said, with his work ethic, you know, so I'm going to begin. Well, what I need you to do mm-hmm. is I need to I need you to make sure that you that you push him to the red and black, <laughs> to Clifton, Very to good. the University of Cincinnati. No, I'm just kidding. I'm, no, no pressure on you. Actually, we're getting ready to interview him on yes, Thursday for a high school interview series called what's What's in in your your bag bag. we're getting ready to interview tyler that's gonna be a good one it is gonna be a very good i'm excited for that i think bearcat fans are gonna want to watch that one yeah the bearcat basketball podcast is now presented by the healthcare management group shout out to everyone at hcmg and thank you for the support so what what i want to do now is i want to i want to jump into the future of the podcast um and and we're going to talk about season three here but but even moving on beyond season three because i know i know when we first started doing this podcast you know it was like we're interviewing former players and people were like oh you're going to run out of steam there's going to only be so many former players you can interview and um that could have been true but i think the difference is um we have a long-term plan and I think we have a plan to kind of grow the podcast, give Bearcat fans some unique content, which I think Bearcat fans crave. And, and you can tell if you go on social media, Bearcat fans want more and more content. They want to hear Bearcat football, basketball. And obviously I'm not in the football world, but they also love the uh, basketball content. So one of the things I think we're going to do differently um, this season is we are going to incorporate more of the um, current team and also kind of future with recruiting uh, podcasts to basically accompany the former player interviews we do. And what I found is just talking with Bearcat fans, they're like, oh, we love your podcast, but we want to hear you and you bring other people on to kind of talk about this team more, dive into what you're thinking about what Wes is doing. So I said, you know what, that's a great idea. So we're going to make a commitment this season to have more podcasts where we talk about the current basketball team, you know, you know how the games are going, what, what we think about the progress that Wes and his staff are making. Um, and then also we're going to give you some great interviews. And I, and I think the, one of the great things about, you know, the podcast, and I'm, and I'm fortunate enough to, to sit in a seat where I can get a hold of a lot of the former players, have relationships with a lot of these guys, but um, to, to have them tell their full stories. And a, and a lot of these guys have talked to me and have said, you know what, no one has ever asked me my entire story or given me the time to tell my entire story. And I I think that's very unique and something that um, I'll never forget. I'll never forget how emotional people were um, contacting me. I received calls, texts after Herb Jones, um, Bearcat Hall of Famer and legend, not only legendary basketball player, but legendary person, Herb Jones. When he passed away, you know, I was fortunate enough to interview him um, sometime, you know, way before he passed away. 
and um, had a long form interview with him, told his entire story. And he told me that was the first time he's ever done that. And I had former players, I had, you know, family members from Herb reach out, just crying, just going, we, we, first of all, some of them didn't know the interview existed. And then some of them were like, we've never heard Herb talk this much. And um, I, I was really proud. And I, I, I will say that, you know, I'm, I'm proud of a lot of these interviews um, that we do, but the Herb Jones one is one that I'm very proud that I had the opportunity. And so I, I think it's important that, you know, we interview as many of these former players as possible because you just, you, you know, you never know. And you want to archive, you know, as, as, as much of these great stories as possible. So, but, but I think here's one of the beauties of the direction we're headed. Um, you know, I've had former Bearcat athletes, not just basketball players, that have either reached out to me or I've passed, you know, at a game, at a tailgate for football that want to come on the podcast. And they had nothing to do with basketball, don't even play hoop. But I think they have a great story. And they just have no way of, you know, fully telling that story. And, you know, some of them have heard some of the basketball interviews and said, I would love to kind of tell my full story. So we're going to have some Bearcat football players, some Bearcat baseball players, uh, some former, you know, great uh, track athletes. We've had a lot of Olympians, all of which I've been in contact with a lot of folks, um, a lot of great former coaches that have coached um, with the Bearcat program. And I think they deserve that as well. So uh, we're going to get a lot of that in season three, not only Bearcat basketball greats. Uh, once again, like I said before, definitely our YouTube uh, content, um, our videos, we want to we get that out more. Um, and I think it's really cool, like we did an interview with Armin Kirkland and we came up to where we record the podcast up in a, we got a little, um, a room in an area in which we do it um, up here near the uh, Kenwood area. And just doing the interview with Armin um, and we posted on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, but it really hit home when a lot of people kind of saw Armin you know, saw his expressions and, you know, they saw it on the YouTube channel. He, he told me he was sending it out to people and he was like, man, this is this is great stuff. And a lot of people because I think sometimes you, you haven't seen some of these players in so long. So it's, it's also great to actually see, you know, how they look and how they're doing. So we're, we're going to continue with that and hopefully build this this YouTube uh, platform as well. I think this season. Uh, will be the season we, we do a lot of giveaways as well. So I'd like to give away some different experiences, uh, maybe some uh, Bearcat basketball tickets for those that don't have the opportunity to go to a game. Either they can't afford, you know, season tickets or have never taken their kid, um, especially if you have a son or daughter that you want to take to a game. I, I think that's awesome, and I want to make sure we, we get those that – don't have the opportunity to usually go to a game to, to go and have a good experience because that's how I got into Bearcat. Uh, not only basketball, but even football. My father would take me, you know, as a six, seven, eight-year-old kid, I'm going to Nippert, I'm going to Riverfront Coliseum, the Gardens, and I'm going to these games and I'm meeting all these greats, Roger McClendon, 
um, Romel Short or Cedric Glover. And next thing you know, I'm like, I'm, I'm going to be a Bearcat one day, Dad. And sure enough, that dream happened. So if we can give the opportunity some people to win some tickets and get their kids there, because you never know, we could be uh, – we could be looking at the next Bearcat great going to some games as a, as a young young child. Not that I was a Bearcat great. No, I'm not saying that. But, but just having them go, and you never know uh, what that might lead to. Um, so definitely doing some giveaways. Probably give away some, some, some gear, too, some, some shirts and uh, some different things. Some, maybe, some, um, um, maybe some gift cards to Mio's. I need to hit up Rich about that. I think he would, I think he would be down for that. Uh, so I think that'd be really cool. Um, so, so once again, um, we're going to mix up the content. Um, we're going to have, I think, to start. Obviously, we're not in season, so I'm getting ready and I'm, I'm preparing uh, to to do a big interview with Kenyon Martin. Um, I've been talking about this for a while, and we were going to do it before. But I was texting with Kenyon. He was going to come in town. It was crazy because Kenyon was coming in town. And we were going to sit down and do the interview. And he was texting me like, I can't make it. There's an ice storm. And the Bearcat game actually got canceled. It was a big ice storm. And so we ended up not doing it. And, you know, I really wanted to do a face-to-face -face with him. Um, but, you know, with Kenyon and, you know, his son's in the NBA. And he's got, you know, a family. And he's got a lot going on. Any way I can get an interview with Kenyon. I'll take it if it's by phone, if it's, you know, uh, in person, we'll, we'll get that done. But that will be coming. And we were going to do it another time, but the, the Bearcat football team was on a big run. And, you know, Bearcat football was doing great. And I was like, Ken, we can't do it now because the Bearcat football team, all eyes are on them and, and they deserve that moment. And I said, because your interview is going to be really big. Let's wait till things kind of kind of die down. So I've texted with Ken and we're going to get something going here really soon. I, I want that to kind of be the, the, the big start of the interview series. And I've had a lot of former players um, reach out and, uh, and want to be on the podcast. So I'm not I'm, there's no shortage of former players uh, that we're going to interview. And and another thing, some of the former Bearcat football players that have just graduated over the last couple years, I've been fortunate enough to have a connection with the football team and get to know a lot of the football players. Um, got some interviews set up with uh, with those guys, too, that I think would be really cool, some of which will be in the NFL. Ha-ha. Draft coming up on Thursday. So this segment is sponsored by the College of Arts and Sciences at the University of Cincinnati. They have a new flexible bachelor's degree to allow you to graduate conveniently and affordably. You won't lose any credit or have to start over. So one of the new things that I wanted to add to this podcast, because everywhere I go, I get asked this question or somebody makes a comment to me. Matter of fact, I was in Louisville this weekend, like Stu and I were talking about for an AU tournament, and there was a Bearcat fan there, and um, he had stopped me, and he asked me about a couple guys that the Bearcats were recruiting. And um, I get that a lot. So I'm like, you know what, that's one piece that this podcast is missing, and that is kind of like updates uh, on recruiting. You know, who are the Bearcats recruiting? What's the portal look like? What's, what are some of the needs? And, you know, for, for me, um, that's not really my strong suit and my expertise. I don't really get into recruiting. So I thought it would be great to, to get somebody who is, you know, kind of in the deep end of that and looking at all the 
you know, players in the portal, who the Bearcats are recruiting. So I reached out to my guys at the front office news, JT Smith and Neil Meyer, and I said, hey, would you guys mind being, you know, contributors to the podcast in terms of, you know, recruiting? Um, and they were like, absolutely. And so uh, Neil, Ma Neil Meyer and I uh, text back and forth, and I said, you know what, this first episode of season three, I want to get you on. I want to talk about, you know, some of these new kids, not only the new kids that are, are, are joining the program we got out of the portal, <clears throat> but also who else are we looking at in the portal. Um, and some of the kids that played with the Bearcats last season that have jumped in the portal and just kind of talk about, you know, all that. So reached out to my guy, uh, Neil Meyer, and we talked a little bit about recruiting. So um, at this time, I want to bring in my guy, Neil Meyer. Bearcats fans, I'm excited to welcome in Neil Meyer. He's a contributor to the Front Office News, and I asked him to come on and talk some Bearcat basketball recruiting. What's going on, Neil? What's going on, Alex? Not much. How are you? I'm making it, man. I'm uh, I'm excited for a little sunshine today. We've had some some tough uh, days weather-wise here in uh, Cincinnati. I can agree to that one. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully more sunny days here. But uh, speaking of uh, sunny days, you know, I ask you and JT Smith, you know, I, I sent out a group text and I ask you guys to come on and be regulars on my podcast here for season three to talk recruiting. And obviously, you know, Neil, recruiting is the backbone of a basketball program. And, and the fans just love to hear the ins and outs of recruiting. And so I really appreciate you guys lending your time to discuss this. And, and, and by the way, Neil, you guys have been absolutely killing it lately with the content on the front office news. So tell, tell everyone how they can follow you guys. So you can follow us on all social medias at uh, the front office news. Uh, you can also follow me on Instagram at my need 5421. It is M E Y N E 5421. And my Twitter is Meyer Neil six. And you can find JT at Twitter at, KT underscore Smith and the front office news. Good deal. Good deal, man. Well, hey, let's, let's jump right into Bearcat hoops. And um, I, I want to get your thoughts first on those players that have jumped in the portal from last season's Bearcat team. And, and let's go ahead and start with Mason Matson. Yeah, Mason was one of those guys. I mean, he was one that everyone loved in the locker room. You love seeing him around the facilities. I mean, for everyone who got to know Mason as a person, Everyone knew he was the definition of a Bearcat, I feel like. I mean, ever since he's actually entered the portal, I mean, he's still on campus, still interacting with fans and all that who's seen him, even after he's committed to Boston College. Um, he's just one of those guys. I mean, he bled uh, Bearcat basketball and was one of those guys. I mean, you look back at the older generations of Bearcat soups, and he was uh, the real definition of a UC Bearcat. Yeah, totally agree. And I'm, and I'm kind of sad it didn't work out. Because, um, like you said, he's just a tremendous young man, loves the University of Cincinnati, loves the Cincinnati community, but he had to do what was best for him. And I think he's found a good spot there at BC. So let's jump into uh, Mikey Saunders. Yeah, so seeing Mikey hit the portal was one that actually I feel like hurt the most, but he was also in that tough spot because you had the options of Julius to come back and Micah Adams Woods entering his senior season, but. Mikey, yeah, that one hurts seeing him leave just because the way he can take over a game is just 
relentless the way he plays like you can change the game tremendously with a guy like him I mean with his speed his ability to see the court uh dish out the ball I mean he just plays the game so well and we saw that one performance that actually stood out to me was his performance as Illinois I think I mentioned that on the last podcast we had with you uh the point performance five or six from the field and nine or ten from the free throw line that was really the difference maker in that game was seeing early foul trouble Mikey coming off the bench and just absolutely changed the pace of the game. Yeah, and like you said, I, I think there are a lot of fans um, in Bearcat Nation, specifically the younger fans, that are really going to miss Mikey because, you know, his speed to get up and down the court is so attractive to a lot of these young kids. They love seeing a fast kid, um, and, and especially the blonde, you know, pro going. Uh, you know, that was kind of his signature look. And I just ran into Mikey this past weekend in Louisville, and the blonde hair and the long hair is all gone. She chopped it off, Neil. Yeah, I thought I saw that online. It's crazy that yeah. it looked Mikey. It is. I didn't notice him at first. Well, I, I ran into his dad, and his dad and I know each other pretty well, and his dad told me that Mikey was over there, and I went over and I was looking for him. I thought, I did not see him. And then I just I just kind of saw this face, and I was like, oh, my Lord, he cut it all off. So we, we caught up and talked for a while, and what a tremendous kid. His family, his mother and father, just tremendous people. And I think he's got a great fit out there in, in Utah, uh, which has kind of turned into like, uh, you know, Bearcat, yeah. <laughs> Bearcat West, right? Um, so I, I'm happy for Mike. He'll, he'll find a good a good home out there. And I think he's been out in Utah in that area before. So it's not not really foreign to him. Uh, let's jump into AJ McGinnis. Yeah, so AJ is also one of those other guys. I know you've seen it plenty of times. He was the first guy in the gym, the last one out. I mean, even after games, I mean, we'll do the press conferences and we'd come back out, what maybe thirty, forty-five minutes later, and AJ would be sitting there getting good hundred fifty, two hundred fifty shots up right after the game, and he was just. He's just a hardworking kid. He's very uh, determined. He's also a very confident kid. I mean, we all saw that. I mean, when he he can shoot the heck out of the ball, and a lot of teams are going to see that. Uh, so Lips, uh, Lipscomb's actually going to get a very good shooter in AJ because when he's on, he's on, and there's no stopping that one. Yeah, no question. Uh, and once again, another fabulous kid. The work ethic is is through the roof. I mean, I could just remember uh, you and I talking after games, and he's. You know, it's 30, 40 minutes after games, and he's just getting warmed up shooting. Um, so the work ethic is not a question for that young man. He'll, he'll be definitely be successful at Lipscomb. And uh, Rob Banks. Yeah, so Rob actually was an interesting piece for the Bearcats. I mean, everyone knows he was the walk-on, but during the COVID year, he played a very big role in stepping in, even got to start a few games. And Obviously, this season he had the knee injury, so he didn't get to really see much action on the court. But Rob was one of those. He was also one of those hardworking kids. He was also one of those ones everyone loved on the locker around on campus, the locker room. One of those just you did not want to shy away from. He was one of those outgoing kids. He really was just another true definition of being a Bearcat. Yeah, yep. Yeah, definitely. But, you know, it, it, this is part of the business. You know, part of the business in basketball is, you know, you're recruiting kids to fit your system. And let, let's be honest, a lot of these young men were not recruited by Wes Miller for his system and what he likes to do. And these young men have to go find situations that work out best for them. And, you know, Coach Miller and his staff have to make business decisions and find kids that, 
you know, fit his program, help develop them, and um, hopefully they have some success. So um, did I miss anybody else? Nope. Anybody else? No, I think so you got that, that leads me to ask you this. The portal deadline is May 1st, correct? Uh, to get the immediate eligibility, it is May 1st. But anything, you can still enter after May 1st. You would just have to go through the NCAA for a waiver. Gotcha. So with that being said, do you see any other player from the Bearcats' current roster jumping in the portal before May 1st or at the May 1st deadline? Um, I honestly do not see anybody else hitting the portal. I think the way the roster is kind of shaping together, I think, honestly, the Bearcats could be pretty well set heading into the 2022 season. Yeah, so let me let me quickly, before we, we, we jump into the, the portal a little bit more in terms of who the Bearcats are looking for, but what are your thoughts on the portal and how is it, you know, how will, I should say, how will it continue to change college basketball or college athletics for that matter? Yeah, so my opinion on the portal, I'm actually all for the portal. I mean, obviously, if you're a young student athlete and you're in a position where you don't think it's going to work after one year, you would want to have that opportunity to explore uh, your next route and see if you can find somewhere, maybe if it's a smaller school or another institution that you think is going to fit better to your play style. I mean, obviously, coaching changes happen very frequently in college athletics. So, I mean, obviously, I think the portal is a great thing. I mean, honestly, it's just like uh, MLB free agency, as an example. I mean, you see a lot of people entering. I think I saw online today the total is up to 1,400 players have entered. Uh, wow. Alone. So, I mean, honestly, I mean, I think it could change the best. I mean, in a position like Cincinnati is in, obviously the portal has been a hot spot the last two years uh, with the mm-hmm. new coach staff and players coming and going. But, honestly, I think the portal is good for college basketball. Good. Now, now let, let's segue into who the Bearcats have gotten out of the portal thus far for this coming season. Yeah, so you look into the portal so far, they have two commits from Kalua Zipke and Rob Finnessy out of Indiana and Old Dominion. So uh, let's start with Kalu. Kalu is a six foot eight uh, now senior coming from Old Dominion. Uh, was averaging 11.4 points per game last season, uh, seven rebounds, shot 52% from the field while also dishing out nearly two assists per game. So, I mean, you have a big six foot eight, 240 pound guy down in the paint. I think that's what the Bearcats needed was someone who can not only get to the rim, but really be physical down low. And I think he'll be a great fit for the Bearcats, not only just to have his offensive on the board and defensively as well on the board. I mean, having that kind of talent to really get to the get to the line, get to the hoop, and then just crash the boards, I think that's what they really needed was some size down low. Yeah, and, and Neil, listen, I don't get too caught up in seeing, like, highlights of players but I saw his highlights on Instagram, and I really liked what I saw. I mean, it just seemed like he was a Bearcat type of guy with that toughness and kind of had that look of a of a Eric Hicks type kid. Yep, his physicality is what really stood out to me. I love it. That's that, that's something we we need. Um, and by the way, you did great with pronouncing their names. I I, I looked at that and I was like, I'm gonna let Neil pronounce them and. <laughs> I'm a pass <laughs> on that. Uh, Rob from from Indiana. Um, some some thoughts on him and what he can provide to uh, this Bearcat team because 
from the things that I hear, um, you know, obviously he's a really good player, but he's been troubled with injuries, and that's what's kind of maybe held him back um, over the years. So, yeah, so uh, Rob Tennessee from Indiana, that's kind of a name that really stood out to me just because I actually had family who went to school at Indiana, so watching Indiana basketball is something we did a lot growing up. So I've actually got to see Rob the last four years quite a bit on uh, ESPN and whatnot. So Rob actually has hit some big-time clutch shots over the last few years during his time at Indiana, but what stands out to him is his physicality on defense. And we saw last year – it was David DeJulius guarding the best player on the team along with John. But having another guy like, guy like Rob who can play that guard position so well and has played against such high-level competition in the Big Ten and has been known for his defense when he's fully healthy, he's a lockdown defender. Obviously, the injuries have rattled him over the last few years, but when he's on, when he's healthy, he could be a uh, first-team all-AAC defender, in my opinion. Mm. I'd love to hear that. Now, with, with those two guys uh, coming in, and obviously they come with a wealth of experience, do you see either one of those guys either starting right off the bat or having a huge impact off the bench, like the sixth guy, the seventh guy, right away? Um, I can see Kalu maybe sneaking his way into the starting lineup at the beginning of the season just because that experience and his physicality to really get active on the boards and defensively. But Finnessy would be a great – sixth or seventh guy off the bench for the Bearcats. I mean, obviously you have one of the best point guards in the country in ratio to turnover and assist in Micah Adams-Woods. And then you have David DeJoyas, who had a tremendous 2021 season. Uh, so I think the guards, Finnessy could be one of those guys that comes off the bench and it just could provide big minutes uh, when it comes to the defensive role. If you need to stop, give a quick breath to either one of those guys between DeJoyas and Micah. And I think you really won't miss a beat with either one of them. And, Neil, I think that's a great segue into, you know, the current roster, basically the guys returning. I mean, you mentioned David DeJulius, uh, Mike Adams-Woods. Obviously, John Newman announced uh, during a press conference that he was coming back. C.J. Anthony, preferred walk-on. Jeremiah Davenport, uh, Vic, obviously Big Vic. Uh, Jared Hensley, Odie. Um, with the makeup of that, these portal kids – what what else do the Bearcats need to address this off season? Uh, I mean, the Bearcats are still looking actively in the portal, and I know one guy they are actively looking at is Memphis uh, transfer Landers Nalia. I know they transferred. Mm. That would be <laughs> a big one. A big guy to land. I mean, we obviously have got to see him up close and personal quite a few times over the last three years, and I know he was on campus over the weekend. So that would be a big one to have. I know I actually got to see Landers down in uh, Dallas for the Fort or Fort Worth for the AAC tournament. So I got to see him three games in a row, and he was very impressive defensively. He didn't have his best of shooting days down there, but he has shown during the seasons when he scores, he can score. He had three twenty-point games in the season and averaged ten points a game. So being a six-foot-seven guard is something you really can't go wrong with. And the AAC and especially heading forward to the Big 12, I think that would be a big, big one if they can land that. And then obviously you look to this weekend, you have the big commitment day for local four-star product, uh, Rayvon Griffiths. So, I mean, you can land either one of those two, if not both. What can go wrong for this Bearcat program heading into the future? And I, I think that's just great momentum if they're able to land those two guys. Um, 
what do you think the chances of us landing those two guys? Um, I saw Landers knock down his final three to Texas A&M, uh, Cincinnati, and I believe it was – can't remember the other school off the top of my head, but there was a final three, Texas A&M, us, and somebody else. So I think the chances realistically are very, very good. I mean, obviously with Ray Vaughn, too, I mean, local Cincinnati kid, yes, top five. His top five includes Ohio State, Alabama – Kansas, Cincinnati, and then you have UCLA in the mix, who is also another former mm-hmm. Bears head coach out there. I mean, that'd be big if you can get a local four star and someone as talented as Rayvon to stay home. Yeah, no question. And I, th- I think looking at the success that Luke Fickle has had, I, th- I think Luke Fickle's has done two things that have been super impressive, and that's putting his arms around recruiting locally in this region and recruiting the right type of kids for his culture and his program, right? I think that is one of the most important things. And and sometimes people on the outside don't always understand what coaches are looking for. And that's what I liked about Wes Miller as well is like there's a certain type of player that he wants to fit his system because there's there's a certain style of play, Neil, that he wants to play that we didn't get to see last year because he didn't have the personnel to play that style. So he had to adjust his complete, you know, culture and game plans to fit who he had. So just imagine what he and the staff will be capable of doing with the guys that fit their culture. Exactly. So I, I, I'm, I'm tremendously excited. Um, so Last thing I want to I want to ask you, and I'll let you go. And I really want to thank you for your time. I, I appreciate it. Even now and moving forward, you coming on, and we continue to talk about recruiting. Um, last year, you know, I, obviously, I think some fans' expectations at the start of the season, maybe after the Illinois game and that that stretch that the Bearcats had early, um, some of the expectations became unrealistic. Um, I, and I could put myself in that boat. Um, you know, we started to see really what the team looked like as we got a little later in the season, some of the deficiencies that the team had. Um, I would say that, you know, the season went well. I would say great, but it was it was fine. But we can't have a season like that again. We need to continue to see steps moving towards, you know, a direction of being a top 25 program consistently than a top 15, top 20, or top 10 consistently. Do you see that next year, us headed in the right direction based on you know, who's coming in in this current roster? I do. I actually do see that top 25 program actually taking that next leap back to what Bearcat basketball actually is. I mean, you look at some of the recruits that Wes Miller has already landed, you have two hot, top 100 recruits in Daniel Skillings and Josh Reed, who are both six foot six, six foot seven guys who – can really uh, create a lot of ability for this Bearcats team. I know Daniel Skillings was a little late bloomer, but uh, from what people who don't know Daniel Skillings is, he's not even done yet. I mean, there's a chance he could be a top 20 player in his class before even coming to Cincinnati. Man, that's good. That's good. And we and we need, you know, I think I think in this landscape of college basketball, and you tell me if you agree or disagree with this, Neil, but I think you do need a great mixture of portal guys, guys that have kind of been around for two or three years, and then new fresh blood, 
need that yeah. new, fresh, young talent. And, and, and hopefully we, we see that not only this coming year, but, but also moving forward. Yeah, most definitely. I think that if you can provide that great veteran leadership with either from a homegrown guy like they have here between DeJulius or Jeremiah Davenport to transfer portals like Fennessey and Azepke, I mean, that veteran leadership and those people who have saw that time to play really stands out when it comes to a locker room. And I think two guys who really saw that this year was Hayden Koval and Abdul Adel. I mean, just even though the stats might say a little differently, I mean, you can just see the veteran leadership from both of those guys on the court. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Hey, listen, next time you come on, I want to take some more time to talk a little bit about NIL deals and how that's impacting recruiting. Because it's having a huge impact on recruiting and players asking for, hey, I need a $300,000, $400,000 NIL deal if I'm even going to sign with you guys. Yeah, That's no, a whole nother world, right? Yeah, no, it really is. It is a whole nother world out there now with the NIL. Yeah. I, I, let's let's save that for the for the next episode. I definitely want to do that. And, uh, hey, you did fantastic, man. I knew I got the right guy with, with you and JT and the, the great job you guys do. And I know you guys have the pulse on this Bearcat basketball, not only basketball, but also the football program. So I really appreciate you taking the time and coming on. And also, once again, give a shout-out to how the Bearcat fans can follow you and get all your guys' content. Well, I really appreciate you for having me on, Alex. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at Front Office News. You can find myself on Twitter at MeyerNeal6. You can find us on Twitter at The Front Office News. You can find JT on Twitter at underscore JT underscore Smith. And, yeah, you can find us all on social media through The Front Office News. And we're looking forward to providing all the best content for you guys. Awesome, man. Awesome. You're great, man. Appreciate it, Neil. We'll catch up and talk soon, okay? Yeah, not a problem, Alex. Thanks for having me on. No problem. Take care. All right. That was great. So I, I told – listen, I, I told a lot of people, like, the front office news is, is killing it with the content right now. JT Smith does a great job. Um, as you can tell with Neil Meyer, like he, he's on this stuff. He's on point. So it's going to be great having him on, you know, throughout season three talking about uh, recruiting. So it really knocked it out of the park. And, and a couple things that I want to piggyback that Neil and I talked about. We talked about, you know, some of the Bearcat players from last season that jumped into the portal, uh, Mason Madsen. And, and I, I want to dive a little bit more into Mason. You know, we talked about what a fantastic, you know, kid he is, high character young man. You know, and when he decided to jump in the portal, um, I text him and we text back and forth for a little while. And um, I mean, just just a fantastic kid, man. He loves Cincinnati. You know, he'll always be a Bearcat. Uh, you know, he's telling me all this stuff, and I'm going to come back and visit. I'm going to come back and hang out. I want you to come to a game, come watch me play, um, all that stuff, man. Just I'm going to miss him because, you know, you know, obviously I wish he would have, you know, been able to be here for his entire Bearcat career because I think he would have been one of those guys that would have ended up a fan favorite and, you know, people love. But, you know, I had to do what's what's best for him and, and, and make a, a business decision, as I like to call it. So I wish Mason nothing, you know, but the best. And um, I stay I definitely stay in contact with him. And it was crazy in Louisville. 
um, this past week. And as I was talking with Stu, I had mentioned that um, there was a Bearcat connection um, to that game or the games that Mikey Williams, and for those that don't know, Mikey Williams is one of the top recruits in the country. Um, and uh, he was traveling to Cincinnati from North Carolina with his team. And actually, Mikey Williams, the team he plays on, the AU team, is coached. It's a, it's a LaMelo ball team. I think they're called one of one, mm -hmm. I believe, right? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> it's, it's a LaMelo ball, Puma team. The guy who coaches that team is a young man named Nick Johnson, who's from Cincinnati, Ohio. Nick's a good friend of mine. He moved down to North Carolina and kind of fell into this opportunity. So uh, Nick's a great, great young man. And um, the one game they played, uh, George Hill. George Hill's AU team um, out of Indianapolis. And the head coach of that team, of George Hill's team, is Mike Saunders Sr., father of Mikey Saunders, played with the Bearcats. So um, I saw Big Mike. Uh, he came over to me. He's like, hey, what's up, Meech? I was like, oh, man, I didn't, I didn't even know he was going to be there. We talked for a little bit. He's like, Mikey's here. He's over there. So I head over to the court, and I'm looking around. I'm like, I don't see him. And finally, I spot this kid, and I, like, see this face, and I'm like, that's Mikey, but where's the hair? He had completely cut off all the, the blonde locks. All, just everything was gone, clean shaven. And uh, kind of threw me off. Looked like a totally different person. But you know, after the game, Mikey and I caught up for a little bit and talked. Um, his mom came over, who's just the sweetest lady ever. And we talked for probably around 30 minutes. Um, took a picture. I posted on Twitter. Uh, Mikey's going to do really well at Utah. Um, he's just a tremendous kid, tremendous player. He's, he's, he's going to be fantastic out there. So I wish him nothing but the best. And it's always, it's always sad to me when, when these kids have to move on and maybe switch and go to different schools and jump in the portal, especially when you get high character young men like Mason and, and Mikey, and they're definitely definitely going to be missed. But um, I have a lot of faith in Wes Miller and his staff for, for not only bringing in high-level basketball players, but also you know really high-level human beings that will put their arms around you know the greater Cincinnati area community, um, which is very, very important. I, th I think we need to have more players um, that, that are willing to do that so that when they, when they finish up their time at the university, you know, if they go play pro in the NBA or go overseas, you know, they, they kind of make a commitment that they'll always come back and be part of Cincinnati. And I was driving around today and I'm listening to national radio and Sauce Gardner was on an NFL show and um, they were talking about his time with the Bearcats. And he goes, man, Cincinnati will always be my home. And he says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come back and I'm going to do this. And now he was talking about different things he was going to do in this community, even when he's playing in the NFL. And I thought that was really special. You know, I thought that was really cool. And if we can see that, you know, duplicated with the basketball program, what Luke Fickle's done and the quality guys that he's brought in, I think, um, man, it, it, we're just trending up in terms of what we're seeing with the, with the Bearcat basketball program. And, and speaking of all that, I, I do want to you know, quickly talk about Wes Miller and what a tremendous human being he is. And I, I got to tell this story. He, doesn't, he does not know that I'm sharing this on the podcast. But um, so I reached out to him. And I asked him if I could meet with him and um, bring another gentleman along with me, a, a gentleman named John Silverman, 
Um, and John Silverman um, is, is he heads up and he's large part of a um, community um, action agency called Talbert House and I sit on one of the committees for Talbert House and we have an organ uh, one of the programs is called the Fatherhood Committee and we raise you know gosh $350,000 and up to help rehabilitate down and out fathers whether it's drug alcohol you know whatever the case might be they've they've gone to jail or getting them out and get them rehabilitated and get them reconnected back to their families and becoming fathers and it's a very very important program one of the top ones in the country and of course i think it's important if we get a guy like wes miller connected in i've got luke fickle um, he's been there i got luke fickle connected in I thought it was important to get Wes in. So John Silverman, who kind of heads things up, he and I went over to meet with Wes, and Wes was beyond fantastic. And he goes, what, what can we do to make sure that not only he goes, I'm involved. He's like, you got me. Don't worry about that. But we want to get our players involved in this and seeing the importance of being a father is. And I thought that was tremendous because we've met with a lot of people um, that are head coaches and I don't think any of them have ever offered up getting their players involved and, and wanting them to kind of learn more about fatherhood because there's some guys on the Bearcat basketball team that are fathers, that will be fathers, and for them to learn some of these things early on is very important. So Wes is thinking of an even bigger picture, and he's going to be very, very active in our community. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm pumped. I'm pumped to have him involved. So he's going to attend our – we're doing a big dinner in June at the new Ballet Center, um, which is a fantastic uh, – <laughs> that place is fantastic, which most people don't know. If you're driving on 71, you can see the new Ballet Center, but a lot of people don't know that the Ballet Center was um, funded by, um, well, one, Mike Valentine and Peg Valentine, who are huge UC backers. They sit courtside at the UC games. And then Larry Shakely also was involved in helping um, contribute to make sure the new ballet center was built. And obviously, Larry Shakely is huge uh, in terms of UC athletics. So you got two huge UC athletic guys that are involved in building this ballet center. And that's the uh, facility that we're going to use for this event. Wes Miller is involved. So that's uh, I'm happy. I'm excited. So uh, and I want to use that to segue into um, kind of my thoughts on next year or next season, I should say. Um, I, I'm, I'm pumped. And, and I know, listen, last year wasn't the season I think that everybody may have wanted after the expectations reached a certain level, um, you know, after the Illinois game and Arkansas, like people's expectations, including myself, went up really high. But um, I, I think you could see things trending in the right direction in terms of um, Wes Miller and his staff. I always want Wes Miller gets a lot of credit, but let's let's be real. He's got a great staff. I mean, a great staff, and they are very instrumental in all this. But they really put in a culture of positive energy, like not just beyond X's and O's, folks. Like building the the foundation of positive energy, a lot of learning, players developing. Um, you could just feel it when you walked into practice. I, I took a couple different high-level business people with me. One time I took a big-time CEO with me, and he was like, I'm learning a lot. 
I'm learning a lot from just watching Wes and his staff and the energy that's in here. I thought that was very impressive. And um, I, I just love the foundation that he's built. And I think with, you know, the guys coming back from last year, um, some of the recruits coming in, uh, the portal guys, um, and possibly, you know, a couple more guys they may land uh, that, you know, Neil and I talked about, uh, the future's bright. And uh, I'm extremely, extremely excited. Uh, so with that being said, um, I do want to jump into the last part of uh, this podcast. This isn't going to be a tremendously long podcast, but um, we talked a little bit about, you know, Bearcat hoops, but I want to bring Stu Holt back in. I kind of want to talk about uh, what's trending right now. And I've got a couple topics, and we'll tie kind of the Bearcats uh, athletics into this a little bit. But uh, what's trending right now? And, and Stu, I want to get your thoughts on this. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Twitter is such a, you know, it, it's such an event. To me, it's an event-based platform in terms of anytime something's going on, it's being tweeted about. Mm -hmm. Right? Absolutely. So Grammys. Yeah. Oscars. Mm -hmm. And we all, the whole Will Smith thing, we all know what goes um, you know, Super Bowl, like I can go on and on. There's yeah. people are tweeting and it just, it just. It's like a live discussion. A live discussion. Mm -hmm. a, I call it a fire hydrant of just infra, just like mm -hmm. you're just getting hit with all this stuff. Elon Musk, mm. was it $43 billion? Is that correct? Yeah, somewhere near. <laughs> has purchased or they've agreed that he and his group will purchase Twitter. I don't even, like, I see all these tweets, people arguing, going back and forth. You got freedom of speech, all this stuff. I, I'm, I'm not even sure what, I'm not even sure all the details. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on Elon Musk purchasing Twitter for 43 billion? I mean, hey, I mean, <laughs> how do you find 43 He just has $43 billion. Like, you know what? What can I do with this? I think I'm going to buy Twitter. I think I'm going to like, buy Twitter. He probably was on Twitter and was like, I'm going to buy Twitter. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to buy Twitter. You know, we, we, we should have had, a, I, what I should have done is, is thought of, okay, what other things could he have done with $43 billion? Mm. That, should have been, that should have been the topic of the, all the different. I think I saw something on Twitter where he could give everyone – in the United States of America, like $1.5 million and, wow. and still have like 30, I don't know what is, million left over. Mm -hmm. Isn't that amazing? That's, that's, that's amazing. Like that, that's, there's a lot of different, so. If you had, so Stu, if you had $43 billion to spend, mm -hmm. and I'm, I think I know what your answer might be. What would you purchase if you had forty-three billion? Forty-three billion dollars, and you you had to you had to purchase something with that. I kind of think I know what you're gonna say. I think I'm gonna buy MySpace. No, <laughs> you could. Hey, I could buy that for. You could get that for forty-three dollars. <laughs> you could get MySpace for forty-three bucks. But let's hey, let's let's be honest. MySpace mm -hmm. was popping back it, in the it day. It was. I don't think there ever was. None of these apps really. Can be my MySpace is just a different. I, I think MySpace should come back just for it was a, ahead of its like time. a week. It was ahead of its time. It was. It it, it for sure was. It, imagine if MySpace just came back for a week and everybody mm. had their same account. Ooh, you can go back to your. 
All right. Well, like, okay. So okay. Let's so be real. What would you What would you purchase? I'm disappointed you aren't. This should have come right off. You had it, something that you thought I was going to purchase? Yeah. Yes, we've talked about this. Oh, the the the, the restaurant. No. What are you talking about? Stu, I'm really disappointed in you the right restaurant, now. The uh, We talked about what this. What does Cincinnati said. need, according to you? Oh, good. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. If I had $43 billion to spend, okay. Cincinnati would for sure yep. have an NBA team. Yes. There it is. For sure. No we, doubt. We've talked about this. No doubt about it. The Cincinnati... What would you call it? The Cincinnati Goods. <laughs> <laughs> the very goods. The Cincinnati. Hmm. What would I? What would I, I don't know. Okay. Don't Just know. yeah. Stew on that. Mm, you like what I did there? That's good. Stew on that. That's very good. Next podcast, you come back. I'll come back with a name. I'd like to hear. Let's. We'll, we'll challenge this. Okay. Next podcast, we're going to talk about what we would do with 43 Bill. I'll come back with something. I'll have the name. I'll kind of have a business plan together. Very so good. you're going to do that for the Cincinnati. And it can't be the Cincinnati Royals, the, the right, original. Right. It's it got to be, be a new original name. Right. New branding, everything. Very good. Okay. Let's, let's segue and talk a little bit, since we're on the NBA topic, let's talk about which is one of the most debated things on Twitter right now, and that is Katie and Kyrie and – I don't know if you'd call it like the downfall, the implosion of the Nets. What would you call it? Because uh, the, the Nets were a disaster this year. The exposure. How about that? Um, because, you know, I, heard, I seen somebody on Twitter. Actually, it was Tim Grover. Oh, yeah, the, uh, Jordan and Kobe's trainer, right? Yep. He wrote the book Relentless, and he said that he basically was saying the best players don't mean the best team. It's about the best players that could play the best together. Yeah. You know, and yep. it's, it's always been the truth, you know, because he was talking about not just the Nets. Mm -hmm. He was talking about how the Lakers as well and how the two teams that a lot of people were saying earlier in the season or in the preseason that they thought would meet up in the finals, one didn't even make the playoffs and the other one got swept in the first round. Wow. So he's saying, like, w people were looking at the best players, like, oh, they got LeBron, they got Melo, they got Westbrook, they got Anthony Davis, they got Dwight Howard, they got, yeah. I think they had Rondo as well they in did, the beginning, the right? Who and was in Louisville this weekend? He you was. See him? I did see him. Yeah. I did see him. And so, you know, people were looking at that and was like, oh, who's going to beat these guys? And uh, people were saying, like, who's going to beat them four times? Before they even played. Before they even played, yeah. right? Well, nobody has to beat them four times because <laughs> <laughs> they didn't even make the playoffs. Yep. You know, and then people were looking at um, the Nets because at the time, Harden was on the Nets. So it was Harden, it was KD, and it was Kyrie. And, of course, you know, Kyrie didn't play a lot in the beginning because of the whole COVID situation. Do you think it would have been different if – the COVID situation, the vaccine wasn't in place. Do you think that? I think having that, him early on. I think it definitely would have been different. It has. I mean, no doubt. I don't know how different. I don't know how much it would have affected, but I do know that the fact that he wasn't there affected them. Yeah. And so, for sure. and it was uh, kind of a distraction. Yeah, it was right? a distraction. So That's take, a very good word. That's, you know what yep. I mean? So if you take away that distraction from the team, right, and they really get to lock in, they get to, to jail with each other, they get to get some time in, training camp and all that stuff, then I think it could definitely be a different story. You know, they, they instead they traded James Harden, they got um, Ben Simmons, who is they, – wow. they don't have Ben Simmons, at least not right now. Um but, you know, I, 
Which is another added distraction. So this team has it, it been full of distractions. It was full of distractions. I agree. And you know what? You, and, and here's the thing. And you could say what you want, but there, were so, there, there are so many great storylines to this playoff. Mm-hmm. Like, it may not be – and I think, I think the first round has been, has been good. Like, the Celtics are, are yeah. impressive. But, like, just imagine – like, and when I say storylines, just imagine if Ben Simmons played. Like, everybody would be tuned in. Oh, for sure. Because they want to see what's going on with this dude. Imagine if Zion actually mm-hmm. hit the court. Like, right. People are going to want to watch that. Yeah. Right? These yeah. are storylines that you can look at as negative, but – you know, just from a pop culture standpoint, like, yeah. it's, it's something everyone's it talking about. It builds anticipation. Yeah, absolutely. You know, because there were rumors, right, oh, Ben Simmons, he might play in game four, yep. which I'm like, he's not playing no game four. He won't. Like, <laughs> and then they lose? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I agree. So I, I, don't, I don't think it was good for Ben Simmons to even step on the court this year. I think he needs to get the help he needs, get himself together and get situated and get situated because yeah. what if he comes out and he plays just absolutely horrible now yeah now he's just going to be getting crushed so let, right. let, let's get him right and, yeah. and the same with zion like you know he's got to get in um i think he's got to get in the shape that's going to allow him to have a long career in the nba mm-hmm. uh, he's not in that shape mm-hmm. and i've said that from day one um, I know some people have disagreed with me, but what have we seen? Injury, right. injury, mm-hmm. injury. And, you know, he, he's, he's got he's to address some of those things. Yeah. But quickly, back to the KD and Kyrie thing. And the one thing that does bother me is I think we, and I'll, I'll throw myself in there, we are so quick to, to judge. Like, there's all this KD slander now on Twitter right. Right. because he had a poor series, right? Um, I still think KD is one of the best players in the world. Oh, no doubt. Right? And they're like, oh, he's not even, you know, people are just killing him. You know, he's not even top five, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to tell you what. I think this is, I think it's almost a good thing for KD to go through that and hear all this. And I think he's going to come back next year. Just knowing his mentality mm-hmm. and how he is. Yeah. <sighs> He's yeah. going to come back. That's fuel to the fire for him. You oh. know, that's fuel to the fire because somebody like him who loves basketball, he's like – He loves it. He loves it. Like, if he wasn't in the NBA, <laughs> he, he would – Yeah. He would be hooping somewhere He still. would be at some park hooping. Hooping. Talking trash. Yep. I, I, I totally agree with that. I, I still think he's one of – I think he's the top guy in the, and when he's in, you know, he, I think he's a lot of times he's engaged. He struggled in one series. Okay, whoop de doo But right. I, I think he's the best. I, I love probably with all the players in the NBA from tip to buzzer, KD's one of my favorites to, to watch. Yeah. His ability to handle the basketball, get from one end well, to the other and pull pe- up mid range. People were just saying how great he was. Yeah, and then that, that's, what, that, that's my point, right? They were just saying, like, he's the they, greatest. I, people were saying to me, he's the greatest scorer of all time. They did, which I disagreed with. Right, but me too, me too. But it's like, y'all were just saying that, and then now people are saying, you ready for this? They are saying, oh, see, he can't do what LeBron did, 
But wait a minute. Even before that, y'all were just saying stuff like, oh, LeBron can't do it without Kyrie. He can't. And I'm like, wait a minute. You got to pick. You got to pick. I like need to that. pick a side. Like John Morant, John Morant said, he said, stay over there. You know, Still. I seen y'all switch up. Stay over there. People be switching up. And I'm like, people will criticize you either way. They'll try to write you off. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? And so, especially if you're a star. If you're a star, they're going to try to write you off when you have a bad series, bad game, bad and, year. And, and, and to that point, I want to say this. I don't care how much these guys make, right? Mm-hmm. Millions and millions. In some cases, you know, over the course of their career with endorsements, they, I mean, they're just – some of them would be billionaire. Like LeBron would be a billionaire yeah. uh, if he's not already. Um, they're still human beings, and right. the criticism still hurts. You know, you look at Kyrie. Mm-hmm. He's given the finger to fans right. in Boston. Mm-hmm. Um, a baseball game the other day. I don't, I don't remember what team it was, but um, one of the baseball players like got on another player's shoulder and was yelling at one of the fans in like right field and kind of going at this fan. You know, and um, you know, I don't care how much money these guys make, um, but. You know, they're, they're still human beings. They still are, are, are sensitive people. And I think a lot, of these, a lot of these players put a lot into their craft, more than we see, because mm. we, don't see, we don't see what happens in the kitchen. We see what's brought out to the table a lot of the times. Mm. Good. Good? That's good. So we, can, so we get that plate, and, you know, you look, and you can criticize, mm. but we don't know what happened in the kitchen. And what, what type of work they put in. So Wow, that's good. Yeah. That's very good. You like that? I like that. I'm going to use that. I'm going to have to use that. Um, that's good. Just Venmo me every time you very use good. the dollar. <laughs> royalties. He's going to go with this. No, no question. But, but that's, no, that's, that's legit because Nick, I hope I say his name right, Nick Castellanos. Yeah, yeah. All right. So he had an interview uh, talking about, you know, the Reds, yep. right? Talking about the organization. And he was saying, like, what people don't realize, like, yeah, we understand that it's a business, right? But looking at it as a business is not how we got here. Mm-hmm. So, mm. you know, we, we, yeah, we understand that, but what other people have to understand is we thoroughly love this game. Like, we put in blood, sweat, and tears because of the love of the game. We didn't get here by thinking of it as a business. business. We got here because of the love of it. Right. Right? So now we have to adjust and see it as a business and stuff like that. But he said he put his blood, sweats, and tears into the whole city, into the organization, which he did. Right? And so people say, well, you got to understand it is a business. And, yes, that is true. Don't get me wrong. But he made a good point when he said, yeah, that is true, but that's not how we got here. Yep. Right. No question. So, Can we use that as a segue to talk about the Reds? Very good. Phil Castellini making the comments, directed at the fans. Mm-hmm. What, what was it? Where else are you going to go? Where else are you going to go? <laughs> I, and listen, I know you're like me. Mm-hmm. We're Reds fans. Yes. All right? Um, yes. I, I've been a Reds fan since I was little. Big Red Machine. Dave Parker. Uh, my favorite Red still to this day is Eric Davis. Will always be my favorite you know, Reds player ever and will always be a Reds fan. Um, obviously, those those comments were, were very disappointing. And I think I saw on Twitter today the attendance. I think the Reds are playing the Padres. I think it's the Padres series, if I'm mm-hmm. not mistaken. The attendance was like eight seven like 876 people. And, and I'm not sure if that was completely accurate, but they're feeling the impact of that. But the fans are not happy in well, this city. And you know what? Here's the thing as well. 
this is what happens. The Cincinnati Bengals. So the city got to see what happens. What what the, what what can happen in our sports world? So the expectation after the Bengals going to the Super Bowl, getting Joe Burrow, and now they're spending money on the old line, all these things that were like, yes, finally. Practice bubble, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even the we're like, finally, let's go. This is what we've been waiting for. And now baseball season comes around, and it's like, okay, Reds, what y'all going to do? It's time. We're going to trade everybody. <laughs> we're going to trade everybody. <laughs> we're trading everybody away. And Cincinnati had guys that the city fell in love yeah. with. Yeah. Right. And it's like, man, like even just different personalities. Yeah. Um, Castellanos was one of the biggest personalities. Right. He, yeah. he got up. He got hyped at one time. And it's like, yeah, let's go. You know, when you have players like that, you have to value that and understand like, OK, the city can get behind these type of people. Right. And so it's like the Bengals had times where it was like, man, like. We're not investing, it don't seem like, into the players or into mm-hmm. – and now we're finally – it seems like we're finally doing it. Mm-hmm. And the city was excited. Yeah. And the city is still excited. And we're riding that high still. And we're like, all right, Reds, let's go. Y'all turn. Yeah. Well, so you made a lot of great, lot of great things that I want to I wanna say. Well, well, so I think with the Reds, for me, mm-hmm. there wasn't a, a clear-cut at least plan – that was articulated to what they're doing. Right. I mean, they didn't even feed us any BS. Like, f- feed us something that's mm-hmm. like makes me feel good, even if it's not entirely true. Yeah. I feel like maybe that plan and, and that vision wasn't in place. Um, and then with the Bengals, and you make a great point. I think with the Bengals, uh, and obviously football, NFL football, and, and Major League Baseball are two totally different. Yeah. Business. Um, right businesses mm-hmm. um and, and how the different leagues work and it's you know a little, little, little tougher but I, th- I think with football if you land if you land a great quarterback mm. a lot of things could move in a very positive direction quickly and we obviously saw that with joe burrow right now i think with joe burrow um not only is he a really really good quarterback but i think he's he's just got this swag about him mm-hmm. right and he's not a loud person. He's not a – I mean, even when he talks, it's not, it's not super engaging. But he just has this way about him that's, that's very unique. Yeah. And it, it just draws you in, right? Yep. It, it just – he's just got it. Like, Tim Tebow, you know, may not have been the, the greatest NFL player, but mm-hmm. there's just something about Tebow yep. that makes him special. Joe Burrow's like that. So, I guess my point with the Bengals is – when they realized they've, and I, I think they fell into Joe Burrow. Let's let's be honest too. At the mm-hmm. same token, just the way that things kind of fell, they they got him. Um, but you, you have to now do right. Like you've got to make some moves because you have this golden nugget in Joe Burrow. You can't. Can't mess it up. You can't yeah. fuck this up. <laughs> yeah. Like you yeah. cannot fuck this up. You can't. Right. You can't. Yeah. And yeah. I think they've. Uh, you know, I think the Bengals have made some excellent moves and are, you know, doing some great things <clears throat> that have, like you said, ignited this community. And I, and I thought the Super Bowl run was so special because the city has had so many letdowns, right? It was like, what didn't you feel like every Bengals game, it was like, oh, man, some shit's about to happen. Oh, every time. But, <clears throat> every time, right? Every time. Every time. But it was like the 
Joe Burrow just got this. It's it's yeah. Joe Burrow. And listen, I mean, the, there there are a lot of great players on that on that football team. Don't get me wrong, no but doubt. yeah, it, it all came from yeah from Joe Burrow. Yeah, it it was it was special, man. It really was. Um, just that because people wanted Zach Taylor fired. Let's not let's not get oh, it twisted. We could talk about that too because <laughs> that's how people that's how they do. We just talked about Kevin Durant. We talked about. Um, LeBron James, and they were doing the same thing to Zach Taylor, and then now they're saying this is our, that's my coach and all of that stuff, and I'm like, yeah, I just wanted him fired not too long ago. Oh, wanted him out. Wanted him out. It, so, I was at Landmark. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those here in Cincinnati, um, there are a lot of AU games, league games, and different things played at Landmark Christian School, and Zach Taylor was there with his kid. Mm-hmm. This was a while back. And there were people there, like, this was before the Super Bowl run. Mm, okay. And there were people like, how was how he a head coach of a NFL team when he was like, he, he was like at UC, he wasn't even that good of a coach and blah, blah, blah. Like, there were people just there talking about him. Like, wow. not to his face, but right. he's there and they see right. him. And then, gosh, eight and months later. <laughs> now those same people, if they saw him, they would get a picture. So Oh, you better believe they'll it. They'll get a picture. You and better be like, this believe is our coach. It's my coach. I always knew it. Don't ever leave. <laughs> Don't ever leave. I always knew you had it in you. <laughs> when, you when you were at UC, I, I saw it in you. <laughs> <laughs> you were booing his ass. But that's, but that's, that's part thing. of it. You know what I mean? That, you're going to have those moments, man. And, and that's why the, the, the older of I've gotten and the more people that I've gotten to know in not only the collegiate space, but also in the professional um, sports space, I've been a little hesitant to be critical of, of organizations, of individuals, just because sometimes you don't know what you don't know and things could turn around so quickly. Yep. Right. You just, mm-hmm. you just, you, you, you never know how things can turn around. You, you, you write, know. you write somebody up. Just like you said, when, when the Nets had KD, Kyrie, and Harden, mm-hmm. I mean, if we probably go back and look at those tweets when all three of those were on the same yep. team, what were they saying? Yeah. NBA champions. NBA champions. Right? Yeah. So, and how quickly that <clears throat> changed. So you just, you just, you never know. And, um, but I, listen, I'm, I'm going to be a Reds fan. I, I hope they can uh, get some things figured out. And we were talking yeah. about, you know, Phil Castellini made his comments and, you know, I, I don't know why. You know, whatever, whatever. He said what he said. But, you know, no matter what apology you put out, yeah. I told you this before the podcast, whatever apology you put out, it's not going to be good enough. It's mm-hmm. not going to be right. It's going to be, you know, they're going to put the microscope on every word. They're going to say somebody else wrote it. It came from the office, floor 19, and right. dropped down to the people. Mm-hmm. And this is why I said, you know, if I'm Phil Castellini, um, first of all, I wouldn't have made those comments but Mm -hmm. if I was Phil and I made those comments and something like that happened I think an apology whatever you say is not going to be good enough your actions have to really speak loud right so you've got to get in front of it I I would I would go to Great American Ballpark at the game I'm walking around the concourse level Mm-hmm. I'm taking all the heat. I'm listening to people yell at me, say what you want to say. I'm sitting with the people with the brown bags over their heads, mm-hmm. you know, saying, listen, my comments were, were, were you know, poorly articulated. I got to do better. We got to do better. What do you want to see? <clears throat> and just engage with, yeah. you know, engage with people. Yeah. It's going to be tough. Yeah. But you got you to come down out of the, the offices. You, you have to. You right? got to come down. 
you got to come down because the reason those remarks was more of a I'm up here, you're down there. B- bingo. You know what I well mean? Well said. And so now it's time for you to come down and be like, no, I'm with you. I'm with you know what I mean? That so, is so – we got to clip that, and we're going to send that to Phil. Very good. I'm saying like I know him. I've <laughs> never met the man in my life. That, that is I so – I got to go to the concourse level. You might be <laughs> – But no, but seriously, can you imagine if like, you know, one of your friends or somebody you see was like, yo, Phil Castellani came and sat next to me at the game. And mm-hmm. like, like I couldn't really yell at him, but, you know, we, we started talking. He wasn't – he wasn't that bad of a dude. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you're going to take your arrows, but yeah. that's just what you got to do. I really like what you said. Yeah. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna clip that. Mm-hmm. Hey, let's jump into two more things, and then we're going we're gonna to wrap this up here. But I want to talk about the NFL draft coming up on Thursday. And, you know, you look at all the different, um, you know, major league sports, um, professional sports, just to say you look at baseball. I, I, I don't think I've ever seen that. MLB draft in my life. Have you? No, I forgot there was one. I, I don't even know when it is. I don't know. Good Lord. Um, I just, and, and to their credit, it's a different system. Yes. It's, it's, it's a different, you know, it's a different system. Like, I, I think that, that that's something they need to – I think baseball in general needs to work on their marketing and their – Because – You ain't lying. You know, a sport like that – it's one of the major sports. Absolutely. There's no People way love that baseball. Yeah, like but the marketing and the social they the whole thing needs a a revamp, you know. I almost feel like somebody really cool needs to take over like the marketing of Yeah. And, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like somebody really cool. Who would you choose? You know how like they have like celebrities that's like, "Oh, he's now the head of." And they're like, "Oh, wow." Yeah, that's a good question. I think it's got to be somebody that Loves baseball, not just like like you can't just grab like P Diddy, who right. I don't even think P Diddy knows anything about baseball. Not, right. I mean he could, but I don't know. But somebody that knows has some passion for it, but yet it's in a cool space that young people love, can engage, and get the culture. I have to think about that's a great question. I have to think mm-hmm. about who that person could be. You have somebody in mind? Uh, somebody that's that that's into baseball that can, man. That's a good know. question. I have to, I have to think about that a little bit more. Yeah. But but, but you're. I think you're exactly right. So someone that can, you know, like, for example, growing up, I was a huge baseball fan. Partly because the Reds were good. Mm-hmm. You know, they went to the World Series when I was in school and Eric Davis and. But like, I knew who, I knew the players on the, like the Pittsburgh Pirates team. Like, right. Jose Lean was one of my favorite players ever. He played mm-hmm. uh, for the Pirates. Um, Ozzie Smith from St. Louis, he used to come out and do a backflip when he would come, you know, to the infield out of the dugout. Nolan Ryan, one of my favorite pitchers of all time. I mean, I can go on and on about baseball players I knew from all the different teams. I love the hats. Mm-hmm. Like I wanted to start collecting all the different baseball hats <clears throat> and baseball cards. I feel like that's – that's not to the level now as it was back then, and it's lost that, right? Yeah. I mean, you can go around Cincinnati. I mean, I guarantee you most people don't know who's on the Reds team. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I'm not even sure David Bell, the manager, knows who's on the yeah. team day to day. But yeah. But I think you're, you're exactly right, and they've got to figure out a way to make it, to make it cool. Because I think they have some good stars in, in Major League Baseball, but they're not – 
promoted and marketed, you know, you look at these other sports and you look at football and, and, and basketball and it's just, I mean, football is in a whole nother world yeah. right now. I mean, football is as big as like religion or something yeah. like church. Yeah. Would you agree with that? Well, yeah, you know, and you got to think about it. So Roger Goodell. Yep. Right. Um, he, uh, you know, he's the commissioner. What does he make? Forty-three million a year or something like that. Oh, does he? I'm gonna look that up. Go ahead. Go ahead, um, go ahead and say what you're gonna he's say. He's gonna I'm buy MySpace. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was great. You are killing it tonight. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, I'm, know, I'm, I'm gonna look it up. I'll look it up. Group. I gotta look something else up because. Um, so okay, then you got Adam Silver, right? Great commissioner. Great commissioner. Sixty-three point nine million. Wow. A year. Wait a minute. I take that back. It says he had a hundred and twenty seven point eight million two thousand nineteen to two thousand twenty one. He made a hundred and twenty seven point eight million. That's crazy. Okay. And so that's Roger Goodell, right? Correct. And then okay, you get Adam Silver. Right? Great commissioner. Great commissioner. Probably the best commissioner yes. in all of yes. yes. And then the MLB commissioner, right? His name is. He's awful. Where his name is. Uh-huh. His name is. Oh, you asked me his name? Uh-huh. Oh. Uh, I forgot what his name is. Um No, don't look it up. I, don't look it that up. That was my point. I don't I, I can't. But even, that was my point. I knew I but that was my point. He so real quick, and mm-hmm. one of the, I think it was the World Series. Yes. Um, he had to do like a presentation. He had like a uh, he had to give like a speech. It was so bad. Mm-hmm. It was just like. But this this is my point. I, I know sh- where you're going. Like that's my point. Like where are you? You know what I mean? Like where, like your face. If somebody showed me a picture, I would not know. I don't know his name. I don't know his name. If I seen a picture, I definitely wouldn't be like, oh, that's the commissioner of the MLB. Now I'm sure that there are people who are really into baseball who know and stuff like that yeah. but it, it's time baseball needs a social media marketing mm, yeah. branding just they need to have a big meeting and they need to have somebody like you said that comes in and they're the head of marketing or whatever yep um and and make it you know more appealing then you did a clean you know. rob manford who rob manford is the uh commissioner oh okay baseball. okay yeah. I thought you were saying like who would come in and I'm like no 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 okay it took me a while to you know where I'm at okay um but but quickly back to the NFL draft and and my my Mm -hmm. point with that is like the NFL draft is of all the sports is the biggest I mean I mean people are gonna I think like was it last year I don't know if they they've done this in years prior but um like they have the fans there like a uh, the uh, oh yeah 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 the diehard fan NBA does that. NBA does that. Yep, because the New York fans are going crazy every time. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so the NFL draft's coming up. Um, and, and I want to say this. This is, um, this is the year that we're going to see a lot of Bearcat football players drafted. Um, not only drafted, but I think we're going to see a lot of Bearcat football players in the NFL um, yeah. for, for, for a long time. Mm. And that's a, that's a credit to Luke Fickle and his staff for the kids that they've brought in and um, the kids that they developed as well. And, and I think, you know, if you, if you think about, you know, Bearcat basketball when Hugs was here, when Hugs got this thing rocking and rolling and he was putting guys in the league, in the NBA, 
recruits wanted to come here. Right. Because they're like, he's going to get me to the league. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, and so you look at Luke, what Luke Fickle's doing is, you know, you got guys that want to come here, yes, to win football games. But let's be honest, folks. A lot of these kids, their goal isn't to win a national championship right. in college football. I hate to tell you that, mm-hmm. but that's honest to God truth. And I know this because I know a lot of these kids. Yeah. Their goal is to get to the NFL right. and make a lot of fuck freaking money. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It, it, it's where can I go that will set me up to reach my biggest dream. Yep. Yep. You know, and if you win a national championship in the process, that's great, Gravy. right? Because you you are um, working towards that when you're sure. at the school and you're on the team, right? But I would love to ask some players, and I would love to ask them, if you were put in this predicament, what would you choose? You win two national championships in college, but you only play one year in the NFL, or you win you don't you don't even get to the playoffs in college. But you played 10 years in the NFL. Oh. What the, do you think they would choose? The latter. Exactly. The latter all day. All Every, day. 100% of them would say that. Oh, absolutely. And because, if, it, you know, they're thinking about their family. They're thinking uh-oh. about legacy. They're, they're thinking about – Right. They're like, yeah. If you get someone that says the, the, the former, that, that goes with the first part you said, it's someone that maybe already has money mm-hmm. or has a situation that's fine and, you know – they make it to the NFL, cool. If not, I want to get a good education and good experience. But majority of college college football players yeah. are trying to get paid, go to the next, go that next level, and they want to be, you know, somewhere that helps them develop. And and it's usually the winning cultures, mm-hmm. you know, that help. Uh, but they, but listen, there are a lot of. I mean, you got to think about a lot of these guys in the um, like Cooper Cup. I mean, Cooper Cup. I don't even know how good is. Yeah. College, you know what I'm saying? But there are there are a lot of good players at some of these other schools that don't, you know, do well, and these guys perform well, get a lot of reps. Yeah. And um, like a um, uh, local kid, um, I just, gosh, I just drew a blank. Um, Luke Keekley, got it. Oh, yeah. I got to draw Keekley. blank. His family lives next door to me. Right. Uh, Luke Keekley, um goes to Boston College, you know, mm-hmm. plays in the NFL. It's a great career, you know. He went to Boston College. They weren't good. They weren't great. They weren't winning any mm-hmm. anything. But, um, yeah, it, I, I think this is going to be one of the big moments for uh, Bearcat, yeah. you know, football. Yeah. I mean, Sauce Gardner, I mean, he's <laughs> he was college – good i think he's nfl like great i think he will be he's the perfect guy for the nfl like he's got the swag right i mean he's got the athleticism the speed he understands like the iq portion Mm -hmm. yeah and he he's really going to set the pace or not set the pace but really help with the recruiting for the bearcats Mm. Mm. Absolutely. You know. The next – who's the next sauce Who's Gardner? the next sauce? You who's the I mean? next sauce? Who's the next sauce? Who's the next Des Ritter? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Um, Alec – oh, Alec Pierce. That kid. Yeah. I'm going to say something about Alec Pierce. Um, got to know his dad um, a little bit. Um, know his family. Just – I mean, just successful in whatever they do. Alec Pierce is one of those – young men that you could drop him anywhere in the world 
He's going to figure it out. Mm. He's going to be successful. Right. There, there, there are not a lot of people like that. Mm-hmm. You drop him off anywhere. And he's got, he's got that triple threat, man. He's, he's smart. Mm-hmm. Got the athleticism. Got the work ethic. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? All he yeah. needs is that opportunity. See, and, you know, what just came to my mind is we were talking about how, like, oh, would you rather win uh, the national championship or go to the – but it really goes hand in hand because, like we were saying, when you're winning, you're in more of the spotlight. Mm-hmm. And now you have a little bit more opportunity yeah, to showcase sure. what you have. And That's so, you know, fair. you want your program to win – because you know what it can do for future Bearcats right. or who you know whoever's coming in your program, or whatever. But you know, um, and so them winning, it, it it really like people say put them on the map. Yep. yep. You know, and so recruits are like, oh okay, we I can win. You see what I'm saying? And get to the league. And get to the league. Yeah. Oh wait a minute, they're going to that conference now. Okay. Yep. It's like a bunch of stuff that's oh. happening. You know what I mean? With the draft and the new conference and the, it's, they're in the playoffs. Like, you know, it's, good things coming for Bearcat football for sure. Yeah, Bearcat athletics with the move to the Big 12, man. Yeah. It's, uh, that's, that's huge on a lot of different it's fronts. Major. That's, that's going to be a different um, podcast discussion. But, hey, I want to I end on this. Um, so we're getting pretty close to my birthday. Very good. May 12th. Mm-hmm. And – so, I, last last birthday, I turned 45, mm-hmm. last May. And I told, I've got a circle of friends. We all kind of made a commitment that when we turn 45, we're going to learn uh, an instrument. Good. Um, and I have no musical background, so I've been playing, the, you know, learning the piano. Mm-hmm. I have a piano teacher, shout out to Matthew, uh, who's actually in the UK right now auditioning for, like, I don't know. He's auditioning for something like America's Got Talent. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's like some like big time thing. He's like, yeah. I'm not going to get it. Right. But the fact that I have the ability to audition right. is it just it would be like if I had the opportunity to go to the NBA or the uh, in a, NBA. Yeah, the NBA combine. Mm. I'm not going to make the league. Right. But I can say I worked out. Right. And, you know, yeah. I was there. So I think that was a, the same experience for him. But anyway, yeah. um, so I have a teacher. I'm, I, I go once a week. I've been doing it six months. I'm at the six-month mark. And I said after a year um, that I was going to be able to play the piano. I could sit down anywhere and play the piano. Mm. And uh, so I'm six, month in, six months in. I got, I got um, piano class tomorrow. So. Um, Do you feel like you're on pace? No. So uh, <laughs> the toughest thing has been, um, so for, for those listening that, that play an instrument, I wish Cruzy was here because he, you know, he learned a guitar, kind of mm-hmm. self-taught. I think he has a teacher, but mm-hmm. initially maybe. I think he has a teacher now. He has but a teacher he, now, but he was initially self-taught, right? Right, yeah. So, you know, it's just fascinating because when you're older, you get into a mode where you're telling people what to do or you're kind of already set in your way when I say you're telling people what to do some people are a coach or they're they have children right and you're telling your kid do this you're used to being a teacher correct correct not a student absolutely Mm -hmm. so being 45 now being a student Mm. uh, basically learning how so I took it back I said what was it like when I first tried to learn how to do a layup 
Mm. Like how difficult that was. And, right. and and I remember when I was when I was young, I thought I was never going to learn how to do a layup. Like mm. I was like I should stop. I'm never going to be able to do this. Mm. Of course you, you know, you eventually learn. But I felt like that playing the piano. Mm. I said I'm never going to be able to figure. It. I mean, just felt like the mount was just it was just too high to climb. Right. And um reading music was um was a challenge and i started to figure things out and you kind of figure it out in your own little way you find little tricks to mm-hmm. you know help your brain figure it out um making my fingers move like mm. the whole left side you know the, the the last three fingers on my left hand are just like disabled like i feel I'm like <laughs> do these things work um but then I have these small little breakthroughs. It's almost like, and I don't, I'm not a golfer. I'm mm-hmm. not, I don't play golf, but I've always been told that, you know, you could have a, a you know, bad shot, bad shot, bad shot, and you have one really good shot. It just mm-hmm. keeps you going, right? Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like, oh, I got to keep playing this. Yeah. This is what people tell me. And I felt like that several times at piano class where I was, you know, I was working on a Beethoven song and I kind of hit this thing and I was like, ooh, that's it. That's it. Right? Mm-hmm. So, I'm not where I want to be at the six month mark, mm-hmm. um, but I gotta I gotta kind of pick it up to get to that. You know, I, I would say Christmas in December uh, 2022 was when I'd, I'd be able to sit down and play for my nephews and my niece and the family, and mm-hmm. um, so working on it. So I'm saying that to say my 46th birthday will be May 12th. And I have another challenge coming. Mm. Ready for this? I'm ready. My next challenge while I'm learning the piano is to become fluent in Spanish. Ooh, see. Si. <laughs> <laughs> I wish people could have saw your face when you said, see. Si. Um, because listen, I feel like, you know, you look at the United States of America, I mean, the, 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 population and the, the culture here and there's so many spanish-speaking folks and uh not yeah. only not only greater cincinnati but i'm at, i go to florida i go to los angeles a lot everywhere i go i mean if people i've been in los angeles and people have come up to me and started speaking spanish and i'm like bro i'm not i don't nope I, <laughs> nope nope <laughs> no <P>. nope <laughs> nope um well. and i'm like you know how cool would it be though if like I'm able to go around and, and just, hey, yeah. I, can, I can talk. And, and, and two, you look at, you know, I, I think you're, you're, you know, you're exercising your mind uh, more. You're learning new things. Because, listen, at the end of the day, your body, as you get older, your body starts to break down. You can't, it's harder to pick up new sports and different things like that. Because I'm not saying my body's breaking down, but I think sometimes we tend, our next challenge is going to be athletic, where right. I want my next continue to, to make these challenges, you know, kind of um, exercise my mind a little bit more. Yeah. So, piano now, Spanish after this birthday, um, and then we were talking about this before. Um, my fiftieth birthday, I am going plant-based. Mm. Plant-based. Rest rest of my life eating. Well. Wow. So I'm slowly working towards that. I'm not going to just. May 12th, be like, all right, all right let's go ahead and eat this tree right. real quick. This, this bush. This bush. It's just tree. Oh, that came across wrong. This, uh, <laughs> let me ask you, let me ask you this question. Okay. So how old are you? I am 27. 27. 
Uh, when's your birthday? February 13th. So next February, can we get you to do something where you pick a new thing to learn? Oh. I didn't know what you were about to say. No, I, no I, I want you to. I, you want, you know, I, I want you no, I want you to go plant based. Some, yes, no. I thought you were going to say that. Because before we got here, you were eating a whole Chick fil A, like five course. You had like fr Amazing. Fr fries and. Amazing. You, yeah. So, no, but I, I, I'd like to see my friends challenge themselves and, and, and try different things and don't get in a space where you're just kind of, I'm cool, man. I don't need to learn anything else. Yeah, I will commit to that. Okay. Yep. You don't have to tell us what that's going to be. I'm going to think on it. I'm going to think on it. Think on it. That's good. I like that. Okay. I like that. Is that fair? Yes. I think I'm going to start doing it every year. Like, you say you do that every year or you do it like... Yeah. So, so when I start, when I turn 45, I start, so the piano was first, okay. Spanish, and then, you know, probably, I haven't thought about what, you know, 48 will be, but then obviously 50 will be to go plant-based. Okay. Um, that's not really stretching my mind, but it's a... It's a change in lifestyle, it is, for sure. It is, it's it's a definitely huge, a mental battle, though. Oh, no question. Yeah. You so. know, no, no question about it. Uh, but I just think, you know, continue to continue to learn. Because uh, it's easy. The reason why that's a good challenge uh, in general, like to challenge yourself to do something different, is it's like it's so easy to get caught up in a normal yeah. type routine and just in the flow of things. Yep. Right? That you forget to challenge yourself outside of your comfort zone. Right. You know, so... I like that. That's good. And it's fun. So when I go to piano class, it's just the teacher and I, and I pull up, um, you know, I, I, we go every Wednesday. Um, and during the week, you know, I need to practice. And I usually mm -hmm. come in and I come in with a song. And mm -hmm. I will have practiced the song and I've got to play it for, for him. And <clears throat> man, boy, there'll be some days I'm nervous. I'm like, oh, boy, I'm going to mess this song all up. Or mm -hmm. I'm, you know, it's like, it's like, being back playing basketball, mm. you're about to play a game, or you know, you're, you're going to you know practice with Coach Huggins. Boy, that was nerve wracking. I'm gonna tell you that. Mm. So I've enjoyed I've enjoyed that. Like I've got to do. I think I've got two songs. One song I've been working on. A new song I just started working on to do uh, tomorrow. So uh, we'll see how it goes. Very we will good. see. So think about that. So that 43 mm -hmm. billion and. When you turn 28. 28. Next February. And the name of my NBA team. The name of your NBA. Yes, the name of your NBA team. Yes. Who your first draft pick's going to be yeah. for, for that. Oh, Why don't start Tyler McKinley. Yeah. <laughs> Tyler <laughs> would be your first draft first pick. Because you will be the GM. You will be, be the GM, GM of the team. I, I will be the coach. Owner. I will be the owner. Oh, you're going to wear and all I'll the. And I will be the starting point guard. You're going to wear <laughs> <laughs> what 43 billion will do for you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, this segment is sponsored by the College of Arts and Sciences at the University of Cincinnati. They have a new flexible bachelor's degree that will allow you to graduate conveniently and affordably, and you won't lose any credit or have to start over. And I want to give a shout out to Healthcare Management Group uh, for their continued support um, of the podcast. In season three, we're going to have a few more. Uh, sponsors uh, jump aboard, and I'm excited about that. But we'll we'll get to that, and we'll we'll make that announcement very soon. Stu, I appreciate you coming on as as normal. Appreciate you for having me. Absolutely, we'll we'll continue this next uh, episode. And once again, you can follow me on social media. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Alex underscore Meacham. Meacham spelled M E A C H A M. I'm on Facebook and LinkedIn. Alex Meacham. Snapchat, one of Stu's favorite apps. Snapchat 
at Big Meach 41. I'm on TikTok. Very good. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. No, no yeah. Snapchat's not your favorite. TikTok. TikTok's your. Oh, yeah, TikTok. TikTok's your app. So Snapchat, which is one of the most popular amongst the young people. Oh, uh, yeah. Very popular. Very popular. It's like they're, they don't even text. No. They snap. Oh. They don't text. Oh, so, so, so currently right now, so the course of the year, um, Shining Star, we will have over 30 teams, so over 312 kids in our program. Mm-hmm. And I guarantee you, anytime I need to send any kid a message of those 312, it's through Snapchat. Yeah, that's how you reach them. Oh, yeah. I text a kid by accident. No, no joke. I text a kid by accident today to ask him a question mm-hmm. and never got back. Mm. Never got back to me. Mm. Snapchatted. He answered my question right away. See? I, today. I, I'm, I, I got I, proof of it. I'm, I've, trust me. I've, I've experienced it myself. I've learned. I, I've learned my, the hard way myself. Like if you <laughs> <laughs> learned the hard way myself. <laughs> Uh, Amazing. Uh, yeah. Social media has changed our world. Yes. Um, and, and I'm on TikTok. Very and, good. And you know, I need to be a little bit more active on yes. TikTok. Me too. Me too. Yeah, you were on me about being active on TikTok, yeah. but yet you were Consistency just, is key on TikTok. It's like a flow. It's like momentum. And it once is. you break that momentum, it's it like is. you got to get back. No question. Know? 100%. So. At... Alex Meacham 41 is my TikTok, so you can hit me up there. And I want to, once again, thank everybody for listening to another episode of the Bearcat Basketball Podcast. Go Go Bearcats! Bearcats. Good. Yes. More (laughs) being.